Welcome to the Four Streams Podcast. We are your hosts, Melissa Eisenbrandt and Sharla Christie. We discuss our thoughts, opinions, views, and ideas for practical application of all things neuroscience, positive psychology, coaching, and Christian worldview. In this episode, we are discussing our opinions on topics in the mental health fields. Anything shared on this podcast should not be taken as medical advice, nor is it a substitute for medical expertise or treatment. If you are concerned for yourself or someone you love, please seek out appropriate professional medical advice. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Four Streams Coaching Podcast. Today, we are starting our five-part series on positive psychology, which Martin Seligman had a significant influence on. So today, part of what we're going to start out with is defining and debating the disease model. So Sharla, you have 20 years of biblical counseling experience, so I'm excited to hear your insights and wisdom on this. Yes, I think it's been a very important part of the counseling that I do to be able to distinguish between a disease model that has been presented by secular psychology for many, many years versus the flourishing model that is presented by positive psychology. And yes, as you mentioned, Martin Seligman is known as the founder of positive psychology. So the disease model basically is this idea that human beings with mental illness have a disease. And at best, what we can do for them and caring for them is to bring them to neutral, to bring them kind of to zero. They're at a negative state in their mental health. And that the, what we're striving to do in typical secular psychology is to bring them to a, a neutral state where they can survive and they can make it through life. Whereas the flourishing model really focuses on a belief that we can take them from say a negative five, not just to zero, but we can take them to positive five in their life in general. It may not be that somebody who is struggling with depression ends up being, you know, super happy and excited all day, every day. But there are aspects of their life where they can truly flourish, even with depression Mm. being a part of what they're struggling with. And so what we see is that that flourishing model gives more hope for individuals who struggle with mental health disorders. So here's the thing. When you're talking about disease versus flourishing, it's like you pose them against one another. But then what does it look like to acknowledge, yes, there is a sickness involved. There is a diagnosis involved. There are certain limitations. But at the same time saying that does not define you. And how do you help them reach that flourishing state? I think that's super important. I think that's a wonderful question because I I do not ever want to minimize struggles that people have. And I think that diagnoses can be helpful in many ways. It can help you know what you're dealing with. It can help you find resources for coping with that. But I think that piece right there that you talk about, that... uh, that identity piece, how it begins to define you, that is where I think it ends up holding people back. And so when someone has a diagnosis, one of the most common things I have heard people say is, oh, it's not me, it's my 
depression. It's not Mm -hmm. me. It's my anxiety. It's not me. It's my, and they'll fill in the blank with whatever their diagnosis is. And in that, I believe it takes away power from a person to truly flourish in their life Mm -hmm. because they have this belief though you'll see them stuck in a fixed mindset instead of a growth mindset. And they'll have this belief because I have this diagnosis, then I cannot. And I don't believe that's true. I believe that that it's important to acknowledge that struggle. Anxiety is a real thing. And it impacts people in ways that hold them back from many things in life. And I would never want to discount that or ignore that. However, I believe when we look it in the face clearly that and we deal with it, then there is an opportunity for us to learn how to live with it Mm -hmm. in a way that it doesn't have to hold us back from everything. And yet we acknowledge that it's slowing us down to some degree. Mm -hmm. And I love that what you're saying about, yes, there is accountability for actions. And yes, the disease or the diagnosis or whatever those factors are, those are real. And you don't want to minimize that but it's both. And so oftentimes we're uncomfortable with the both or the tension. So yes, there is anxiety and that's very real and it interrupts our lives. And also it does not have to define our whole self, like our whole selves or our complete identity. It is a part of our story, but it's not the whole story. Yes. And no anxiety is purposeful. It, it is our brain's way of telling us that there is a danger, there is something wrong. And so it's, it's very important that we, like I said, kind of look it in the eyes and, and ask, what is it showing us? What is it trying to tell us is going on that we need to watch out for? It is it is a valuable resource when it works well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet when it starts to take over, when it's no longer helpful to us in protection, that is when we want to be able to make some adjustments and changes in how we respond to it, never ignore it, but how we respond to it so that we can thrive and flourish mm-hmm. in our life. And when you are sharing that, I feel like there's so much passion in you about empowering others beyond the diagnosis and empowering them in ways that are tangible and real and not short term or not um, fake or posing or trying to minimize the challenge, but empowering them to overcome it. Yeah, I think empowerment is a really good word. And I think it's a primary focus in the coaching and the counseling that I do is I want people to find those areas in their life where they can have control, they can have power. And I believe that what we're going to go through the five aspects of positive psychology PERMA, um, and we'll describe what each of those are. Uh, when we go through those five aspects of PERMA, you'll see so much of about that of that is about empowering people in their own lives. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's a very important word. And it's interesting because even in that empowerment, um, I see how there's opportunity for freedom and growth. And sometimes, whether it's a diagnosis or a personal challenge of another sort, we have 
anchors sometimes or excuses that can be holding us back. And so just the same, we don't want that diagnosis to be an, an anchor that strangles the growth or um, an, a diagnosis that swallows us whole, but instead to really be flourishing and seek out that empowerment to overcome it. I love that visual of anchors. Like even when I just think of that, I feel heavy, mm. right? And I, and I think for so many people struggling with mental illness, an anchor, it, it's pulling them down and there's mm-hmm. that heaviness. And so uh, what are ways to overcome those anchors and, and to get past this idea that when we have a diagnosis, that now tethers us to, um, <laughs> honestly, it feels like it tethers us to the DSM-5 mm-hmm. that then stops us from flourishing in mm-hmm. life. So when you're meeting with a client and they feel overwhelmed or trapped in anxiety, or they just recently learned about bipolar, that they have this diagnosis, how do you coax them through that in order for them to believe it is not their whole identity? There is more to their story. How do you coax them in the process of empowering them? Yeah, that's a great question. And I just met with a new client yesterday who she's dating. She's, she's super nervous about dating. And and her her new beau had suggested a couple times that he met with his psychiatrist. And she gets up the courage to tell him um, or to ask him, okay, psychiatrist, can you tell me more about that? <laughs> um, and he says he's been diagnosed with bipolar too. And she comes to me to our next session and she says, what do I need to ask him? I don't even know what to ask him. Mm. And I told her what what I do in every session when someone comes to me with a diagnosis, I have the same response every single time. And it's, what does that look like for you? Mm. What does bipolar 2 look like for him in his life? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Someone comes to me and says, I, I've been diagnosed with major depressive disorder. I want to know, what does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. Because it is the individual's life that we want to understand, and we want to be able to help them overcome obstacles, mm-hmm. and we want to help them be able to set goals that are realistic and reasonable for them. Depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, any of these diagnoses, they do not look the same probably for any two people. And so what I want to know is what does it look like for them? And then we talk through which one of those bothers you? Because sometimes the symptoms of these disorders are there's something somebody wants in their life, right? For a reason. And so I want to start with which ones bother you and how would you like to see them change? Mm-hmm. And then we move on a coaching path. We set some goals based on the changes they want to make, depending on what that diagnosis looks like for them in their life. Mm-hmm. And I love that because you are saying not just the symptoms or the implications of a diagnosis look the same, but then also, and this is how you can best process that here are going to be resources that are most helpful for you. And it's so individually focused. And I think about how even in that you are seeing their dignity, you are seeing and acknowledging their value. Yeah. Thank you for that. That 
Yeah, you just tied that back into our why, right? That four streams why of believing in the dignity of every single person. And and exactly, that's what I'm doing, is I'm saying... I don't look at the DSM-5 and see the 12 aspects that are listed for this diagnosis and assume this is who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. Instead, I look at a person and I say, tell me who you are, not who your diagnosis says you are. Which is so interesting because it's almost like I imagine myself just having a new diagnosis. And in a sense, I would want to hide because it's scary and it's new and now I have this disease, but instead of hiding, you're calling them out and you're inviting them. And there's such beauty in that. Yeah, I hope so. That's my hope is that people feel seen, very seen for who they are, not just an assumption that I know what it means for them, but that I take the time to really see who they are. So each week, we also want to share with our listeners a go try. So in other words, to share a challenge or to leave them with a takeaway. So what is the go try this week that you want to share with us, Sharla? So I would love for any of our listeners to consider if they have any type of diagnosis or even if they've self-diagnosed, I think we're more accurate than one would think um, in our self-diagnoses, um, that they would consider first, how is it serving you? And, and is that good? Are there aspects of that that you truly want to hang on to and, and name that and own that and own it well? But then also to consider in what ways are, is this diagnosis strangling you, holding you back? Um, and are there changes you would like to see in your life? Mm-hmm. And, you know, none of this should be done without support of a counselor. I absolutely recommend getting support of a counselor or a coach and You know, at some point, I imagine that we'll do a a podcast episode on what's the difference between counseling and coaching and who is ideal to go to, depending on what phase you're in of any type of diagnosis. Um, But the go try would be spend some time discovering how a diagnosis is serving you and own that and live that. And how is it holding you back? And what action steps might you create to overcome those obstacles to move forward in your life in a way that you begin to flourish? Thank you to each listener who has joined us today. And we hope that you find this helpful. And we look forward to you joining us next week as we dive into the second podcast of our five-part series. 